Well, hello. Welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vance Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. Well, I'm joined today by Ralph and Martha McGowan, and I'm excited that you guys took a little time to come by and just spend some time with me for the First Person Podcast. We've been doing this for, I'm going to say, what, a couple of years now, and we've gotten to interview some great folks, members of our church, and let people get to know some more about you. You know, it's amazing how you can go to church with people every Sunday, and you may see them, and you casually speak to them, and you kind of, over a period of years and years and years, get to know them in your particular group. But this is just a way of people to be able to find out about people that they see. Martha, they see you in the choir. Ralph, they see you teaching off times and different things. And so I just want to take a little time, and let's get acquainted, and let people get acquainted with you guys. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Ralph. Can I call, Should I call you just Ralph? Just Ralph. Just play. <laughs> I tell people. I'm like, just Ralph. <laughs> I tell people, just call me Chuck. You know, that was, yeah. a lot of times people will call me Brother Chuck or whatever. But Ralph, so it's great to have you. I'm just going to ask you guys and, and kind of get to know you a little bit. But first thing I want to ask you, Ralph, is where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Mount Olive, Alabama. Went to elementary school in Mount Olive, Alabama, and junior high school, and Bill Burkett was my principal there, and and then I went to move from Mount Olive to Gardendale and grew up in Mount Olive and Gardendale. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's that was your home 20, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So, Miss Martha, tell me where you, I'll just call you Martha, where did you, tell me where you're from, where did you grow up? I was born in Birmingham, Alabama until nine years old, and then we moved to just north of Gardendale, a little community called Sardis, just a um, few miles from Morris, Alabama. More people know that place. Yeah. I actually know where that's from because I grew up where that is, actually, because mm-hmm. I grew up in Hansville, Alabama. Nobody knows where Hansville is away from here. So, yeah. So I, I kind of sense a pattern developing. So, but first, tell me about your mom and your dad. Ralph, we'll go back to you. Tell me about your mom and dad and how. Oh, let's see. That's a long story. Huh? I grew up in a, I grew up in a multiple blended family situation. My parents divorced when I was a baby. I got, and uh, so mother was custodial parent and with uh, four boys, well, five boys and a girl. Wow. But with my dad, my mother, my dad had had three sons. I see. I was the youngest of three. Youngest of three. Well, I say that I did get reconnected with my dad when I was 38 years well, old. Well, I know that was a blessing. He was a good I, Christian man. Yeah, I had my parents divorced as well. It, he it, never remarried. A, oh, really? Well, that's that's great. That's great. So, tell Martha, tell us about your family, about your parents, brothers and sisters, and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I have a long story if you want to hear it all. No, <laughs> my parents were in their mid 40s when I was born. Wow! And I had two brothers and two sisters that were older. Yeah. The oldest was 25, the next one was 23, the next so one 21, the baby, and 19 right? when I was born. Yeah, I was oh, I the baby, you. I see. Uh, which my mom was shocked at that time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But she said, she, one time she told me after I was grown, she wished I'd been twins. And I said, why? And she said, because you had to grow up by yourself. Oh. But I was happy with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Well, my kids, are they're not spread out that much, but my, there's 10 years between my oldest and youngest. And so... Yeah, there, there's a huge difference. And I will tell you this, too, and you probably know this better than I do, but there's a huge difference in the way you parent at different ages. 
you parent different ways, you know, and probably probably your older brothers and sisters think they just your parents run out of gas on you and you're the baby. So you got to be spoiled. Is that true? That's true. That's no. true. <laughs> Actually, my sister said that one time, but yeah. my mother told me that my two older sisters spoiled me. They took me everywhere with them. When well, I was I'm little, sure. So. Yeah. So yeah. so. So you grew up in Gardendale or, in, or actually in that area, Mount Olive, and so you're kind of from that, that same area too. So I guess moving forward from that, where did you two guys meet? I'd like to know how y'all met. Martha, tell us how. Yeah, Martha, that'd be <laughs> He's great. He's me to tell the story. Yeah. We were a blind date. Wow. He had a friend that married a friend of mine, and they the well, I guess it was Wayne's idea to fix us up. So we went out on a date, and... We had like one date a month, I think, for about four months, and then I didn't hear from him for a long time <laughs> until he went in the Navy and got a Dear John letter from his other girlfriend. And when he got home, he called and asked me out. <laughs> oh, and the no. rest Wait is a history. Minute. That's a true story. <laughs> this, is a true story. So, so this is a rebound thing. Yeah, I'm a kinda. rebound. <laughs> you know, this, this marriage may not work out. How long has it been uh, going on now? Almost 53 years. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> but sure. But it's this... not over yet. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Is what I always There's say. still a little time yet. We, yep. yeah. But that's neat. So when you actually, so you you went in the Navy. and in you 69. And you were in the Navy for four, four and a half years active duty. Then I got out and joined the active reserve and served four and a half years active reserve. I see. I went in Vietnam's in session. And, yeah. And I had uh, four brothers who joined the Army. The oldest and the youngest flunked their physicals, but the other two, they did tours of duty. They did three years. They did uh, army duty. Oh yeah, they were in for three years each, and uh, they both did tours of duty in Vietnam. Wow, and and came home and came home. Wow, that's a that's a blessing. That really is with PTSD. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Every I, that, and that's a fascinating to me. That's kind of a fascinating time period anyway, because you know I I, I was like in junior high school, but all my at, at that time I I was always thinking well. I'll be drafted. I mean, I'll I'll be in the military. I mean, there's no way around it, you know. And so, and strangely enough, there was a period of time there where they abolished the draft altogether, right about the right after as I was graduating from high school. And we didn't even we didn't even register for the draft, which seems crazy to me now, but we didn't. So you're a young naval person. Yeah. You come back from there, I, and I was, then I was on. I went in the uh, March of '69. Went I to see. boot camp in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, and then while I was there in April, I got my draft notice. My mother wrote me a letter and said, "You got your draft notice in the mail." I gave it to my commanding officer. He said, "Write your mom and tell her that we've got you now. So <laughs> don't worry about it." We've already got a, got our hands and on. When you. I got out in May of May, uh, came home had two weeks. I went. I was in between duty stations between or boot camp, and I was going to Hospital Corman A School in Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. I had two weeks and at home, you know, and uh, so I, I don't know. Did you come in the gas station where I Yeah, yeah several times. I was visiting the <laughs> gas station in Gardendale when I worked for Raymond Doss. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she came in, and I went over and talked to her. and yeah. Next thing you know, we have a date. Well, hey, that, <laughs> is, that is so sweet. That is good. Yeah. So that so she comes in the gas station. It was like providential meeting. Yeah, I agree with you. That's kind of like Susan and I, I was 23, and I was at Wilsonville Baptist Church as their youth minister. And one of the guys in the church and I had gone up to the tennis courts, the tennis courts in Wilsonville, 
And there was this tall, blonde-headed lady that I thought was the prettiest thing I'd ever laid eyes on, still do. And so uh, we started talking and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm like, what you're, when you say providential, I thought, now, what are the odds, if there are yeah. odds, of us actually— she had just graduated from Jacksonville State, and of us actually running into one another at the tennis courts in Wilsonville. Let me tell you, Wilsonville is not the biggest metropolis on the planet anyway, but it's like you say, so that's a that's a huge blessing. So you met then, and then you did your time in the Navy, and when you came back, then you all eventually no, got married? You no, him. we got married. We were going to wait till he got out, oh. <laughs> but he said, let's get married. So we planned a wedding. We got married in, uh, well, we got engaged in October and got married the next March. Okay. So yeah. we didn't wait three years. It was about six months or so. So that that's sweet. So yeah. so you were in the Navy. That was, were you working? You I were, was. I, yeah. I worked at a realty mortgage company in Birmingham at okay. that time. Yeah. And so then y'all, so y'all got married, but you still mm-hmm. had some time in the Navy. Still and then when that was over, years. yeah, you said, you told me that you didn't surrender to, I know, Many of you may not be aware of this, but a lot of you are aware that Brother Ralph was a longtime pastor. And I think you told me just a while ago that it was you were 36, 36 before you years. surrendered to full-time ministry. But tell me how you how mm-hmm. it came about that you surrendered to ministry. Uh, well, when I went in, we started dating. I was a church member, but I was not a Christian. And uh, so we went had a summer revival in uh, June of seventy. And uh, we were living at Camp Lejeune. And uh, uh, I can't remember the message that the preacher preached, but I can remember the song that we, the invitational song mm-hmm. was Just As I Am Without One Plea, right. but the blood of Jesus was shed for the only. And so they gave the invitation that night. And at the end of the service, he said, if you leave here t- tonight and you're under conviction, come back and we'd like to talk with you. So we, I left there that night under conviction. On the way home, I told Martha, I said, I need to go back and, and talk with him. And she said, you want me to go with you? And I said, no. So I went back. Nobody at the church, but the pastor was next door. And uh, I had a Marine friend. Uh, and I went to him, and we talked and prayed. And long story short, I got saved. That's incredible. That is so sweet. And, One but of it the- was in 19... 19- Oh, 70. yeah, that was in 1970. Yeah. And then uh, and so uh, and then it was in uh, November the 17th, 1974, since God I had since God caught speaking in my heart about ministry. And uh, but I bargained with the Lord, said, Lord, I teach Sunday school. I do anything. But I have the speech problem and I, I'm just not. I'm right. not your man. Get some, you know, I, yeah. I do anything with that. And so, uh, but I went to my pastor and talked to my pastor, and he said, Ralph, God's got, if God's got a call on your life, you just need to surrender to it. So, uh, and uh, so my pastor, Burks Crane, at the time at, at Westside Baptist Church in Warrior, Alabama, is where we were going. And he was just a country boy. He's still alive today, loves what? Jesus. and uh, That's great. And uh, so, that's wonderful how God used yeah. used that. So, Martha, tell us how you became a Christian. I, it's always a great, a thrill when we get to hear how people came to know Christ. Everybody's they're they're the same, but they're different. Everybody has their own unique experience. So, how did tell us how you came to Christ? Well, I would say my mother had the greatest influence on my life. 
from the time I was born at uh, one month old, she enter- she enrolled me in the nursery at church. My dad was not a Christian, but he would take us back and forth to church. And uh, then when we moved, when I was nine years old, we started to a little country church. And she had encouraged me from the time I was born to pray. She taught me to now lay me down to sleep praying. Yeah. Then we added church, uh, family members to that little prayer. And then later on, when I learned to read, she encouraged me to read my Bible. Oh, and okay. I didn't know that that was a quiet time. But <laughs> And I don't think she knew that's what it was called, but that was one of the things she did. But um, then, of course, I heard the Word preached a lot, heard it oh, taught sure. a lot, Bible schools and all that. And uh, when I was 11, 10 or 11 years old, one day by myself, I knew that, I, you know, we were all sinners and I was a sinner and I couldn't go to heaven as a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross and I asked him to come into my life to save me, but I didn't tell anybody. But then later on, I did join the church, and I went up and shook the preacher's hand and prayed. Well, I knelt at the altar, and people came and prayed, and then I shook the preacher's hand, and they voted me in. Oh. And I was baptized a few months later because uh, we didn't have a baptistry. Had to wait till warm weather to get yeah. baptized in the river below our house. So <laughs> then... When I was in my teen years, I started questioning, was I saved back then? Because I had learned more since then. And uh, I would battle with that for a few years. And in my early 20s, when I was going through that again, was I saved or not? And I couldn't remember. What did I know then? Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's crazy. What do I know now? And what do I believe? And I believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins. Right. And um, that I was a sinner and that I believed in him. And in Romans 9, uh, let's say chapter 10, verse 9, I think it is, that says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Sure. And that's what I believed. Yeah. But it, a few years later, I thought, you know, I really want to be baptized as an adult because I know for sure. Yeah. And so I asked Ralph, well, he was pastoring at that time, and he baptized me. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's that was neat. a good blessing yeah. for me. You know, a lot and, of people, you know, we see that a lot of times. People say, you know, I kind of got this in the wrong order. I was baptized, but I didn't really understand exactly mm-hmm. what it was. And so so we do we do see that. That does happen a lot of people. And I understand that, really. Yeah. Do. So you guys have begun. You're married. You're a couple. You're uh, And you've surrendered uh, I, I to I the pastor? Say, I, I'm, I, I need to say this, is that. Martha led me to faith in Christ. Oh, I see. Uh, we got married on a Saturday night of one week, and then the next Sunday morning we're, uh, of the next week, we're at Jacksonville, North Carolina. And so uh, on a Sunday morning, she she woke me up. She, it startled me. She was in the bathroom. We had a, an apartment, wasn't much bigger than this room here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, And she was getting dressed. And I said, well... What's going on? I thought she was leaving me or something. I don't know. <laughs> After a week, she said, I'm going to go to church if that's okay. And I said, well, sure. And so she said, uh, would you like to go with me? And I said, well, yeah, I'll go with you. She said, well, where would you like to go? And so my uh, church, uh, my my mother's people, my mother's dad and all my aunts and uncles on my mother's side of the family were Pentecostal mm-hmm. Church of God. So I said, Assembly of God, Church of God. She said, okay. And so we went to that morning. The first church we went to as a couple, got up and got dressed, went. And it was not a good experience. And the place was rocking. The music was great. and But nobody was friendly. And that's why I, I talked see. to Nikki Vincent about. 
how important first impressions yeah. is. Now, I can't even remember anybody shaking our hands and saying, we're mm. glad to see you, we're glad you're here, or, or anything like that. So we went back home to our little apartment complex, getting out of the car, and there were other young couples there, and they were getting out. And they said, where y'all been? We said, well, we went to church. And they said, well, how was it? And we said, well, it was all right. You know, he wouldn't. And they said, well, where did y'all go? And they said, we went to this Baptist church just up the road here. And that people were so friendly and so nice, and they welcomed us. Well, we visited that church, and we joined that church. Wow. Yeah. The funny thing about this whole story to me is Ralph said, I'll go to church, but I'm not wearing a coat and tie. Yeah. <laughs> and then he becomes a pastor. Oh, what does he word. do every Sunday? She led me. But I, I will say this, Chuck. She's the best Christian I've ever known and I live with. Sure. He doesn't know she, the real she nature. Has, she has I'm in sorry. my own personal life. <laughs> right. I can tell you, she has been Christ in the flesh to me so much. You know, so I, a, I, I don't. Yeah, you know. that's such a testament, though. I mean, and the, I know, I know you. The I know biggest you sin mean. she ever did was yeah. marrying me. <laughs> <laughs> committed, but God had a plan, right? Yeah. He did. He had a plan. So eventually, you decided. You, you know, we you were saying you said the the Lord led you to pastor, and yeah, uh, I felt you know we had a spring revival at Glenwood Baptist Church in Morris, Alabama. We were attending there, and. During that revival, uh, we had a good pastor, Steve Sherrill, at the time. He brought in a, a retired missionary who had served time with New Tribes Missions and did the revival, and uh, he preached. And that week, I surrendered to a sense God calling me into full-time ministry, so I, I did that. I was working for Social Security in Birmingham. I'd gone there to work when I got out of the Navy, and this was in 81, and so like a long story short, we made a commitment. And then in September of 81, I left my job with Social Security. And Martha and I prayed about it and talked about it. Her daddy was telling me, don't quit your day job, right? <laughs> and we entered ministry full-time. And I went to full-time to Southeastern Bible College. I met a, the president of the school, Dr. Alden Gannett, was a godly man. And he said, God's got a call in your life full-time ministry. He said, Burn the other bridge, which was talking about, you know. And so we were influenced by, got to meet a lot of great people and, and hear a lot of great preachers, and I was influenced. And so I worked part-time, went to school under VA, and Martha worked full-time. Yeah. And then we were still living next door to her mother and daddy, taking, right. care, taking care of them, too. And then you eventually went to Fort Worth? Right. No, I did not go to Fort Worth. I okay. went to New Orleans Seminary to the Extension Center. For some reason, I don't know why. I no, I didn't go to Fort, to Worth. Fort Worth. I uh, Southeastern was a feeder college for sure. those days for Dallas Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. So that's where I got to meet Warren Wiersbe. I got to meet oh, okay. J. Vernon McGee, uh, yeah. Stephen Olford, uh, yeah. Bill Bright, um, right. all those, Josh McDowell, all, all those great they brought in those people. Speak. Yeah. So you did the extension, but you yeah, did the extension and, but I from went New to, Orleans. I, no, yeah. I, I did go to the extension center. Did I did about a? I've got I've got about two years of seminary with mm -hmm. between New Orleans and then in southeastern uh, seminary in Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. But I had I did my graduate work at UAB. Okay, I'd been an undergraduate student there, and so yeah. I, I went. And my graduate work is in marriage and family counseling. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's the track that I, I got into and 
when I was a pastor at uh, Cleveland first, I went through the licensing process, mm, got into a program with uh, a pastoral care and counseling at uh, Caraway Methodist Medical Center, Dr. Charles Alexander, went through that yeah. licensing process and because right. the church at Cleveland said, well, it'll help us if you do this. Do Staffed a satellite yeah. counseling center at at uh, Pleasant Grove First United Methodist Church, wasn't it? Huey Town. Huey Town. But I got into I got into counseling for the purpose of learning some stuff that would help sure. me be a better pastor, not to do right. it professionally. But it's open doors for us to yeah. work with people. I I love pastoral care. People have asked me since I've been retired, "Do you miss preaching?" And I said, "As long as I get to do pastoral care, I'm fine." <laughs> right. You know, I yeah. I've never considered been I've never considered myself a good preacher. Right. Because of the speech problem. Yeah. But I love, I've always loved pastoral care, love people. Yeah. So God has really taken that, that passion and, Took and that, used that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you all served you to get, y'all served. your giftedness. I see. Yeah. So y'all served at Cleveland? We were at Cleveland for nine well, years. Left. We started out at <laughs> New, Hope. Uh, New Hope over at Holly Pond. We were okay. there 13 years. Yeah. We wow. were at First Baptist Cleveland in Blount County for nine years and Western Baptist Church in Henderson, North Carolina for 12 years. Okay. And then we're back here in Coleman. Yeah. So I got you. So that's how you know so many people in Holly Pond, because you yeah, served uh, there for so many yeah, years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I will regress a little bit. If I can tell the story. Royce Jean's daddy was on the pulpit committee. Okay. That brought me to yeah. New Hope and Coleman. And his mother, his godly mother, was instrumental in my getting reconnected with my dad when I was 38 wow. years old. Yeah. I preached a message on Father's Day in 1987 that she didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. So she called me up on a Monday and said, Pastor, I need to talk with you about this. Just one statement you made out of the sermon. Just one st- <laughs> statement that I made out of the sermon. And she yeah. came to talk with me. And she said, she 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 encouraged me. She said, I think you need to to put forth the effort to reconnect with your dad. And so that led to, and I was in graduate school at UAB, uh, working on a master's in marriage and family counseling. And and so God just began to providentially open the doors and push me in that direction. So I had a deacon who's a pastor at the church, uh, Brother Herman Lambert, Dean Lambert, who helped me get reconnected with my He was with me when I reconnected mm-hmm. with my dad on wow. Christmas Eve of 88. Yeah. And I, I, it was a God thing. That is, that is what a blessing. Cause, yeah. Because it really was. Yeah. But it all started with this precious sister in yeah. Christ. And so you come here and here's Royce and Janet Jean. Yes, that's yeah, our, that's we've our, known them for yeah. So Martha, years. tell me about now your family. We didn't, I didn't really ask you about your family. You said that you mentioned that you had older brothers and sisters, but... Your mom and dad, what did they do? Were your family like a... Tell me, just tell me about your family. My dad, um, there were five in his family, actually six, because I've been doing some genealogy, uh, genealogy research and found out that he was the oldest. I knew that. And then there were four others born. But between him and the third child, that they had a brother at, when my dad was two years old that died a few days after birth. And mm-hmm. None of them ever mentioned that, and I don't think they ever knew that. Yeah. But um, uh, he had a really tough life, and he I was see. only had about a third-grade education. Yeah. But he was a hard worker, and 
like I say, it's a big, long story, so I won't go into all of it. I don't mind yeah. telling it, though, yeah. to show you where people can be and what God can bring what? into their life and sure. being hard work and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, my mom was the second oldest child of nine and the oldest girl. There were oh, two my. boys after her, and they were sharecroppers. So yeah. they grew up, you know, with a very right. tough life. Sure. And um, they were not educated. My grandparents were not. They never owned a piece of land, never owned a house, never drove a car. <laughs> they were born in the 1800s. So my grand, my parents were about a year or two older than Ralph's grandparents. So wow. I grew up with my nieces and nephews. I see. Uh, yeah. With nine of them, I grew up with nine of them. They're 10. Uh-huh. And, uh, but of course, now my brothers and sisters are all gone because the, sure. the youngest would be like about 93 now, I guess, yeah. or 94 yeah. almost. Yeah. I just think y'all, y'all together, it's a, it's a huge <laughs> blessing, your testimony. So tell us, you know, after all the pastoring and all the different things, you eventually retired and, uh, and came, you were, when you retired, you were in North Carolina, correct? Right. And then came back, you, you guys came back to this area? Right. As part of we your We have retirement? close friends here, uh, okay. uh, Donald and Joyce Gunther and their family, their sure. children, and um, we're close friends with them. And... Uh, we love Coleman. Coleman was, uh, I started having some health issues when I was in North Carolina. Uh, and I always said I would pastor as long as I was physically able. But And I started having some health issues. And I told Martha one day, I said, we need to think about what we're going to do for the future. Where we're going to land. Where right? we're going to land. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest decision for us is where will we live and where will we go to church? Right. Because church has always been a real a part of our lives from the Not very beginning. Not a part. It's been our life, really. It's been our life we, from the beginning. I know one time when Ralph had uh, his uh, resume on the Internet, and or it might have been the church we went to. I don't remember. One of them asked, what do you do for, you know, your all time and recreation yeah. and all that? And we looked at each other. All we ever did was go to ball games on Saturday night yeah. for our local high school, whatever church yeah. we were in. That whatever the men were involved in. The men I were involved in activities. Or fishing, whatever, I was we, be everything involved rotated in around the church and church activities. Yeah. That's good, and though. It just, I mean, um, we didn't, you yeah. know, that's the only life. We, we couldn't look at our life outside the church. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes sense, I guess. A lot of us are, I, I've always been a little that way myself, you know, I mean, because I didn't, didn't have a lot of other interests besides I, I liked what I did. I enjoyed, yeah. you know, some, and it sounds like you guys are that way. So you made your way to First Baptist. You guys have been here, what, a couple of years, yeah. three years? We've met. three years now, It'll uh, be met, three years yeah. in uh, this, this year. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, we. Uh, I know it's our, when we, we started have, coming here visiting. I, I tell him a, he's a son or godson. Uh, Scott Miranda Gunther right. and their children go to yeah. church here, and we visited the churches that we've uh, pastored and been back to and preached, and and we visited here with Scott and uh, Miranda. So one day I said to Martha, I said, "I'm tired of visiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I, I, I need a." I need a place. And we had met uh, Pastor Tom in North Carolina at a missions conference in Center Grove uh, Baptist Church in Clemens, North Carolina, which is down in the Winston-Salem area, west of Winston-Salem. So we got to hear him, and I can tell the folks here that he's the real deal, whether he's there or not. He didn't know us, and we didn't know him, and we just listened to him. And then afterwards, we introduced ourselves, told him who we were and all that. And he was just his same Tom there as he was here. And we love Tom and love church. And he's, he's, uh, I, I, how am I going to say? It? He's the real deal. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I agree 100 percent. So I guess one of the questions that I have, which is kind of a ridiculous question, actually, is like, have you found a place to get involved here at First Baptist? <laughs> I think, well, let's see, Martha, you want to take that <laughs> it's one? It's so funny you ask that question because when we, uh, Raph, decided to retire and yeah, I started telling out. him what I was not going to do, because being in smaller churches, we were in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm... I'm not a meeting person. I don't like to just go to a meeting and do nothing. Just for the sake of it. And I said, I want to find where I'm supposed to be serving and serving that. uh, So anyway, I've not really jumped into a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, since we've been here. But I did want to be in the choir. I'm glad you are. Well, I'm glad y'all let me be. Yeah. Oh, no. Like I told somebody, I said, they don't really need me. They got a lot of great voices in there. So I'm just glad they let me be in the choir. But uh, I like music. I enjoy that. And um so, and you're good and at that. I, you may not think that. You may say that, you know, you're, you are good at music. You understand it and you well, know. I can read music. I yeah. took piano lessons. I'm there not a great go. pianist, but I, there you <laughs> go. at least I can read notes. Let's put it that right. way. I don't know all those big words and stuff, well, you know, you know, the right. different markings and stuff, a lot of it. Yeah. But, um, you do a great job. Thanks. You do. But, um, yeah, I like working with my hands. I like yeah. In fact, I've been on the YouTube. There's nothing on TV anymore, so I watch YouTube videos of cleaning and organizing, and Mm -hmm. I love to watch where people's houses need deep cleaning and stuff like that and help. You know, I thought I'd like to do something like that. Right. Whatever. But North Carolina, we worked, Ralph and I both volunteered at a place called Rebuilding Hope, Mm -hmm. where they go in and fix houses, uh, do house repairs. And that's what I was going to work there and do, I hoped, because I like Mm -hmm. doing that. We were involved with World Changers. Yeah, we were in World Changers. And right. I found out for me, I'm an introvert. Ralph's an extrovert. We're just complete yeah. opposites. And that's one of the things I've always admired about him is his ability to meet people. Sure. Remember their names. <laughs> I can't do that. He remembers their animals' names, you know, and all their children's names, their nieces, nephews, uncles, cousins. That is a super gift it, if it you're in gift. ministry. <laughs> it really is. So. And uh, he works the room. I sit and talk with one or two people. You I know, got that, you. How that goes. Yeah. But anyway, I always envy that. But when I learned doing World Changers that if I'm working, I can do, I can minister to people sure. that way. But I also start talking to them. Yeah. And I said, something happened when we left Alabama and went to North Carolina because the people up there laughed when I said I was shy. <laughs> they because didn't believe I talked so much and uh, they just thought that was crazy because <laughs> I did a lot of things there getting up in front of the congregation and stuff. Yeah. But anyway. And so you found a place to serve here. And Ralph, yeah. well, how many jobs do have yeah. you? We do the food ministry together, you oh, know, yeah. like yes, coming and helping packing food. Um, and... She's one of the best compliments she's ever given me mm-hmm. in 50, over 53 years of being together because we dated some. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll say this to all the ladies that are out there. My wife was a Proverbs 31 lady mm-hmm. before we said I do. And yeah. after we've said I do. Right. And I was lucky to get a kiss uh, yeah. before we said I do. I see. So, uh, and uh, I said that. But she said to me one day, you know what your greatest gift is? And I said, no. She said, your love for people. She said, you know what your greatest liability, fault, liability <laughs> is? And I said, no. She said, your love for people. <laughs> so because you know. he, he really, he wanted to fix everything for people. I want to fix right. things for and people. And so that's, right. he learned himself make out. People, I want <laughs> people to be to happy. Yeah. Oh, sure. But he's learned, he's learned a lot about himself that oh, he can't yeah. do that. Yeah. My, my, my sin nature scares me. I understand. <laughs> Mine does too. Uh, 
I, I do serve uh, currently uh, Pastor Tom. Uh, he got me involved. I'm a volunteer chaplain, hospice chaplain here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, work with Delbert Freeman there. I'm with First Impressions team, which I like to greet people. So sure. I just tell Nikki, tell me what you need me to do. That's a joy. I work with Foundry Men's Ministry. Enjoy that. Stanley Dye and Robert Franklin do a great work oh, there, yeah. and the other men, Doctor Dellinger and Noel Chambliss and and Richard White and others, uh, they go out there and. And we love the men there, and we enjoy helping them. Uh, sure. Because what God's done in my life, he can do in theirs. And, yeah. And I just want to be a cheerleader. I work in grief share with uh, Tammy um, Dunklin and mm-hmm. Denise McClendon and Hazel uh, Jones now. She's coming. and uh, That's an incredible ministry, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, all those are, actually. And, and Martha and I enjoy it. We work on food pantry ministry. We mm-hmm. work on Friday sacking the groceries with uh, Jimmy yeah. Dollar and yeah. Tina uh, Rhodes, I think it is. Yeah. Is right? Golly. And then I, I we were in last September, we were in North Carolina, uh, went back for uh, an installation of the new pastor, and they asked me to come back. And so Dr. Hay sent me a text or called me and said, would you split Wednesday nights with me? All right. <laughs> Prayer meeting, so so yeah. I'm, we're doing that with Dr. Hayes. We've been friends for thirty, oh yeah, four plus years. Great he, guy. He came to First Baptist in 1984, and I came went to New Hope in '86. Okay, so I love yeah, Dr. So, Hayes. Yeah, and then I'm involved, and I like this. We're in, I'm involved with a men's accountability group. We call it the Breakfast cl- uh, Group. We meet on Friday mornings at Williams Barbecue, and all right, with Alan Dunklin and. And uh, Don James and yeah. and some others, Tim Bell and well, that's a, sounds Alan like a Car- great. There's group. three Islands in the group: Alan Miller, Alan Carter, and Alan Dunklin. <laughs> <laughs> Understand? And, and Danny Costello and yeah, and um, Dan- Steve Salucci and and uh, that sounds like a others. great. It's a great so. group. Well, I don't. I, Anybody's open to anybody wants yeah, to come. Sure. And then we've been, we've enjoyed working in v, v, uh, VBS. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Terry and uh, his wife works in children's ministry. Spiegel. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we've done that for the last two years. Yeah. Vacation Bible school. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you something now. I I two things. One is you guys are a huge blessing to me and an encourager. You always encourage me. Martha encourages me. So thank you for that. And then it's exciting to be part of a church that's growing. When it you, is. When you get have the opportunity, you being a pastor and I. I was telling my mom this morning, on the, we were talking, I talked to her every morning. She's 85 now, but she still just, as I talk with her, and, and she watches our service online, you know, and she said that it was good. And I was trying to explain to her, I said, well, mom, I said, I've been a part of a lot of different churches over the years, but I said, this period that we're in right now, this, where, where people are coming, God is blessing. I said, you never know when that's going to happen. It just happens. And you really... In a lot of ways, you can't put your finger on, which is good, why that happens. But God blesses the church, and there's an excitement. And y'all have been part of churches, so you know. But as quickly as it's here, it you know, can be gone. Well, Satan, he's working overtime over here, so you know you've, you've got that right. battle. But part of the that wonderful thing is when God sends people to you, like you guys, because you guys know you've been involved in church work and all you know all about it. But then 
you still got that burden for for people. I still and that's have a, a blessing. passion on reach people with the gospel. Yeah, and I, I, I want, we want to be. I, when we joined, we said we've told Pastor Tom we want to be an asset for you, not a liability. Yeah. If I ever become a liability, well, you've certainly be been that. Because so. you know uh, it. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, understand right. That. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's and never I easy. But... I'm always preaching to him about taking care of himself. Sure, taking his off days, turning yeah. his phone off. Right. His first members of his church are Jackie and the children. Sure. First responsibility. Right. If somebody gets on yeah. to you about that, then. Send them to me, and I'll take care. <laughs> Send them to Brother Ralph. Well, you guys are but, a blessing, but, so thank but, you for but, coming but by. You, but you, and you do a great job with the music, the whole staff here uh, with Scott Carlin and, and everybody. Yeah, you do, well, a great, do a great ministry here. And, uh, uh, you know, I just, it's exciting to be involved in a church that's growing, that's reaching people with the gospel of Christ, because these are the days in which we live that we need to reach as many people as we can with the gospel of Christ. And I'm still passionate about reaching people with the gospel yeah. of Christ. Well, you, you're a blessing, and so are you, Martha. And so with that, I can't think of anything to top that. So we'll end our, our time together for this podcast. But I know that people will be blessed by hearing from you guys. So thank you so much for setting time, and we will see you guys next time on First Person. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family.